Uh, greetings. You're watching the online ministry from Inverell Anglican Church. My name is Adam Draycott and welcome. Uh, this ministry has been prepared for the 8th of May 2022 and our sentence of scripture comes from the 23rd of Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. That's Psalm 33. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all their host by the breath of his mouth. Let me pray. Almighty God, you alone can order the unruly wills and passions of sinful people. Grant to us that we might love what you command and desire what you promise, so that among the many and varied changes of the world, our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found. We pray this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's have a time of praise.
as we come to the ministry of God's Word, uh, please open up your Bibles. Uh, there are three readings. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 1 to 11. Uh, that's our preaching passage. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 1 to 11. So wherever you are, whomever you're with, read it out loud, read it through quietly. Um, don't not read that one. Psalm 96 is our psalm. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5 uh, verse 6 through to Chapter 6, verse 2 is our epistle reading. Let me pray. Our Father God, we thank you that as we come to share your word together, you're with us by your Spirit. Speak to our hearts and our minds um, as we read and begin this series in Ecclesiastes. We pray that you'd be at work. Uh, pointing us again and again to the glory of and wonder that is your son Jesus. Lead us in the way of repentance and faith that you will be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I mentioned, uh, we begin a preaching series, a new series uh, from the Old Testament book called Ecclesiastes. Uh, so let me begin with some introductory comments. Uh, this is what we call one of the wisdom books. If you want wisdom, read uh, the biblical books of wisdom. So we're thinking Job, think Proverbs. Uh, wisdom books get you thinking about life and wise choices and thinking wisely about human experience in the world under God, of course. And so Proverbs is pretty plain. Wisdom is to fear God and to live his way. Uh, the opposite of wisdom is folly, and that's a sure path to death. You got it. That's pretty simple. Uh, but then Job comes along and says, well, it's not that simple. Uh, it tells us that you could be wise, the most God-fearing man in the land, uh, but it doesn't mean you're immune to suffering and disaster. Uh, it's not how the world works. And then we come to Ecclesiastes. What on earth is that going to say to us? Great question. As we think of the title, Ecclesiastes, the Greek word, just means gathering. So think um, Ecclesia is a word we use to describe church sometimes. It speaks to a gathering of people. And so straight away there's a cue that we should read this with other people, not as lone rangers. Um, although collecting, gathering words is also a possible meaning, which we'll find at the end of the book. And of course, it's interesting because teachers gather both words and people, don't they? They do both. Uh, when you read the book, there are two voices. There is the narrator uh, there at the start and at the end. The narrator has a lot to say at the end. The other voice is the teacher. And the teacher can also mean a convener or gatherer. Uh, and so if your imagination is switched on at the moment, as you come to this book, maybe you could imagine that you're part of a gathering and the narrator, well, he's over there with his little spotlight and his microphone. 
in the corner making the introduction and onto the podium walks who? The teacher. Um, the gatherer. Um, uh, look at verse 1. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Now, if you think about it carefully, there aren't too many people that fit that description. Son of David, king in Jerusalem. In fact, most people are just thinking Solomon at this point. And so here you are. On the stage is a man uh, dressed like Solomon, is he? Is he wearing a crown like Solomon? Is he wearing robes like Solomon? He's certainly going to start speaking like Solomon. We'll hear that at least for the moment. And we're meant to picture on the stage someone presenting to be the wisest man in the land, because that was Solomon, but somebody also who has authority. They're a king over God's people, Israel. And so they're up on all the traditions and they're responsible for God's people. So all of it's meant to cue our attention big time. We're going to be listening to someone with authority and someone who knows. And what does he say? Well, verse 2. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. We close our books and we go home. Are you serious, Adam? This is so depressing, so pessimistic. It's a common criticism by those who don't actually understand the book, I don't think. If you want to unlock the meaning of Ecclesiastes, you've got to understand verse 2. And you need to understand that word that's been translated and emphasized as meaningless. That is crucial. And so let me help you with this. The actual word in the Hebrew is Hevel. Uh, Hevel is the word and 38 times it gets a run in this book, which is a lot. So you go, oh, that's very important. And again, it's repeated for emphasis. Um, some translate this word not as meaningless, but transient. Hmm. So transient, transient, everything is transient. Or elusive, 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 utterly elusive. Or enigmatic, or futile, or, or vanity. And then we should ask, well, how, how, how is it used in other places in the Bible, like Isaiah and Psalms? And there's lots of examples, Isaiah 57, 13, Psalm 39, verse 5, Psalm 144, verse 4, Proverbs 31, 30 are just examples. And all use this word, Havel, as breath, or vapor, or fleeting. Which means then that verse 2 is a little more nuanced than just saying meaningless. It's a cry that nothing lasts. Beauty doesn't last. Life doesn't last. Verse 14 fills in the meaning a bit more, I think, as it follows on. Everything is meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind. See, so think, out on a cold morning, if you live and work up in... Uh, uh, up this way, northwest New South Wales, on a cold morning, you breathe out, you breathe fog, you can see the air that you've breathed. Can you grasp it? 
No. Can you contain it? No. Can you control it? No. You can't do any of that. But you can see that it is beyond our grasp and beyond our control, like the wind, like your, like your breath. And so this is what I think the teacher is saying, that in this sense, our life, it's fleeting. It's like a vapour. It's a breath. It's not so much that life is meaningless. I don't think he's saying that. But fleeting and beyond our grasp and complete comprehension. And so then that leads to the next question, verse 3. What's the point? Where, where, what's the point? I want to be significant. Where is our significance? What do people gain from all their labour and their work? which they toil under the sun. What's the point? Where's the benefit? And that's the great driving question of the book. Here's uh, some observations that follow. Verse 4. Generations come, generations go, but the earth remains forever. So true. See, there's the world and there's you. Generations come, Generations go, but the earth will keep rolling on and on. Verse 5, the sun will rise, the sun will set. It will hurry back to where it rises. It's doing it right now, actually, through the, through the window there. The wind will blow to the south or turn to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All the streams flow into the sea, yet the seas never fall to the place the streams come from. There they return again. On and on it goes. You read these words and absorb them. It means that I can sit on Soldier's Beach near Nora Head on the coast. The waves are going to be rolling in long before I turn up and long after I left. I'm not there today. And what are the waves doing, do you think? What's the ocean doing? It's doing what it does. Same as yesterday and the same will be tomorrow. Point, Earth doesn't need me. The ocean doesn't need me. Soldier's Beach doesn't need me. Doesn't need me at all. Wind doesn't need my presence. Big scheme of things. Where is my significance in all of that? I have none. Not one iota of significance in the scheme of all of those things. My contribution to the world and its turning and its motions, my, con- my contribution is... nothing the sun will come up tomorrow bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun i mean you you can get that song from these words sure if you want to start seeing that and yes there is comfort in the continuity of our planet and its cycles absolutely and the promise of a new day when things will be different yet there is comfort and that is positive don't not hear that and the wind will blow somewhere because it needs to and the streams will flow into the sea uh, and again, but the question, the point is, what is your part? What is your significance? What impact does your existence have on any of that? And the answer is not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. The creation will do what the creation does. And I can sit on Soldier's Beach and the world will turn 
and who I am. I'm just on my breath. I wonder, do you find uh, experiences like sitting on the beach? Uh, do you find that humbling as you watch the ocean roll in in its waves? Is it a humbling experience to stand on a headland uh, with a lighthouse and look at all of the activity of the ocean? Uh, to see that the sea is so, so big, yet I am so, so small. So the Lord, please be kind. There's a prayer for you. The sea is so big, my boat is so small, please be kind. I'm finite. Or the mountaintop, you know, a mountaintop experience. Mount Stromlo is a place known to me. Uh, it's near Oberon. You climb to the top, it's got the trick station on there. Spectacular, expansive views. Um, I used to run a camp for teenagers. Uh, we would climb this mountain every camp. We'd be there for a week and one of the highlights was to climb the mountain and the teens would climb and of course they would complain on the way up. But we'd get to the top, we'd look at the view and suddenly, as the sun is going down, who's got any words? Uh, one of my friends, uh, Pip Begby, would read Psalm 8. Psalm 8's worth a look. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. <laughs> no words were true at that point in time. And we were humbled, all of us, and we were silenced. And the teens were silenced. They'd stopped talking. Nothing to contribute, but just a look in awe of creation. Humbled and silenced. Maybe this is why he's worn out. Look at verse 8. All things are wearisome. More than one can say. See, all things are incomprehensible. And he's tired of trying to, to, to understand his significance in the world. It's wearing him out. No words can ad adequately describe what is before us. No words adequately describe the experience of being on a beach or on a headland and watching the power of the ocean as the waves roll in. Words cannot do it justice. My eyes, I can look at this scenery and absorb it, but I just can't take it all in if I'm honest. Well, on holidays, another example, um, Draycott's, we're on the upper deck of a Oh, I guess you'd call it a ferry. And lots of tourists. The sun's going down. We're coming back from an island. And the tourists have got the camera out. Um, and there's this beautiful view in front of us. The sky is changing colour. But it's just so big. And one of the tourists, I overheard them say, and I was thinking exactly the same thing. I can take a photo, but it's never the same. I can take a photo, but it's not going to do it justice. It's not going to comprehend the enormity of what is actually in front of me. And she's, she's so right, this person. All I can do is, is get a tiny frame of what is in front of me and, and, and use it to capture a little bit. But it's never the same. Never does it justice. Because I'm infinite. Oh, I, because I'm finite. What heresy? Because I'm finite. I can't contain this. It, it is so beyond me. 
I can't keep up. I am small. It's Isaac Newton that said, What we know is but a drop. What we don't know is an ocean. No truer words. And I think that's Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Of course, <laughs> no atheist ever admitted this, did they? Or would they? And so these are observations that cannot be contained. More than one can speak or see or hear. He can't take it in. And so do we see why this book is good tonic for us? We live in a society that is all about me. It's all about ego, big ego, and being significant and finding significance. And, uh, and so social media is one of those avenues. I, I think social media might be rebranded ego media. It's not about community. It's not social. It's about self. It's about me and my ego and my self-image and the way I want to project myself. Look, everyone. See how significant I am. Look at how big I am. I'm apparently somebody. Like my comment, like my picture, like my holiday, like my enterprise. Wish you were me, right? Let the ego stroking begin. Let the likes tick away as I try and present myself as somebody successful and altogether clever, smart, innovative. And on it goes. And now see how these verses speak into that worldview. And what does the teacher say? Pfft. You're vapour. A load of piffle. You're just vapour. You're full of hot air. And you're full of yourself. Get serious. You're full of your own entitled uh, sense of self-importance. I think that's what the teacher would say to us. What about the worldview of positive thinking? What does it say to that? Teacher says, wake up. Smell the coffee. You're, you're but a breath. That's what you are. And there's nothing new about that. Look at verse 9. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. Nothing new under the sun. We've heard that before, haven't we? Somebody's grandfather says that all the time. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. The comfort in verses 9 and 10 is that creation is consistent. It has a rhythm, an order, a pace. And it, it'll keep going irrespective of me. And that there's nothing new in that. All of the earth's resources haven't changed. How we use them and apply them might change. Technology is the realm of human enterprise, yes. But what the earth serves up is not, has not changed. Solar energy is a funny one for me. Spruiked as the latest new thing, you know. Oh, clever us, solar energy, who would have thought? Or we want to brand solar energy as the new innovative thing or the alternate energy, right? It's even called innovative. But think, solar energy, really? 
Have we not heard of photosynthesis? How long has photosynthesis been around? Has it been around since, oh, I don't know, Adam? Uh, all the energy, resources needed to accommodate plant life has been there in creation since the beginning. There's nothing new. Nothing new. Nothing innovative. And so then we wonder, you know, do we think that God is upstairs marvelling at human ingenuity at this point? Oh, solar energy is an alternative. Who would have thought, well done you all, well done. Yeah, whatever. Uh, maybe these verses are good for climate activists. I wonder what climate activists would do with verses 1 to 11. And that, oof, if you weren't listening before, you might be listening now. And I'm going to say, look, they, these verses remind us the answers are all there. We have the resources. There's nothing new. Uh, we just need to be um, <laughs> smarter. Nothing new. It's the sun. You know? Oh, big surprise. We're going to use the sun. Wind. Oh, big surprise. Water. All the resources are there and they're described as infinite. Uh, and I guess in a sense they are. But you're not. I'm not infinite. And you're not infinite. And so whilst ever we can draw breath, we have fun figuring this all out. What is our place? What is our significance? Look at verse 11. No one remembers the former generations, even those yet to come, will not be remembered by those who follow them. Holy, so cheerful. Um, see the contrast? Earth keeps going. You will not. Earth keeps going. Generations, no, they're going to come and go. Earth, infinite. You, finite. You are limited. You are bound. Terminable was another word I found as I thought about the word finite. Long before you are born, the earth was doing what it does and long after you're dead, you'll be forgotten and guess what? The earth will keep going. And that's the burden. We're vapour. We are missed. We're here for a blink and then we're gone. And so we ask, what is it all for? Who will remember us? Where is my significance in all of this? Question. Do you know who Chris Watson is? Ever heard of Chris Watson? Prominent Australian at one point. Or George Reid. George Reid was also a prominent Australian. Have you heard of him? No? What about James Scullin? Another prominent Australian. Or Joseph Lyons? Or Arthur Fadden. Do you know who these guys are? They're all prominent Australians. All were at some stage Prime Minister of Australia. So not just prominent, they got the highest rank, highest office in this country, yet you didn't know who they were. They're forgotten, not remembered. You can be a Prime Minister of Australia and still be forgotten. Verse 11 is true. I know the names of my grandparents. Alice and Walter and Florrie and Sydney. And my mum's cheering right now. And just as I don't know the names of my parents' grandparents, I don't expect my children will know mine. 
Who are we to our children's grandchildren if we have them? And it's even sharper if we're single and childless. Generations come and go. But who's going to remember? Who will I matter to? Where is my significance? Who's going to remember you? And at this point, we start to think maybe the teacher's onto something. Here he is probing and testing and experimenting with the meaning of life. I don't know where you do your deep thinking. Maybe it's a park bench. Maybe it's the tractor seat. Maybe it's on the long drive. I don't know. But we're invited to sit with the teacher and to reflect on our experience of life on this planet under the sun. And here again is the question. If we're just a blip in the timeline of world history, who should ever care about you? Or even remember you? And this is why... Our infinite God is so amazing because God does. This is where we're heading. Here is the floodlight of the gospel. It's going to shine brightly. Are you ready? Luke chapter 10, verse 20. Jesus says to his mates, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. See what Jesus is saying to his mates? I'll remember you. Their names will be remembered for eternity. They are significant to Jesus and they are important to Jesus such that their names are written in eternity. Revelation chapter 3 verse 5. The risen Christ speaks to a church and he says, The one who is victorious will like them be dressed in white. So you'll be pure. I'll never blot out that name of that person from the book of life but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. Those who belong to Jesus, their name will never be blotted out from the book of life. That is the promise. In fact, Jesus himself will acknowledge your name before his heavenly Father. That is a great promise. The teacher says, you think you're big? You're not. You're small. And one day you're going to be dead and long forgotten. That's what the teacher says. Jesus says, not if you belong to me. So wake up. Remember what you've received. Remember what you've heard. Wake up. Hold it fast and repent. That's Revelation chapter 3. And Jesus says, and I will remember you. And I will even vouch for you. I've got you, says Jesus. And so to that question then, where is my significance? What is it all for? Well, let me ask you, have you met the Lord Jesus? Have you done business with him? I highly recommend it. Has he shone the bright, big, bright floodlight? The enormity of God's love for you. Has he shone that brightly in your heart? Such that you are humbled and eternally grateful to him. Finding all hope and purpose and meaning in Christ Jesus. Have you done that? Has he done that work in your life? Is it shining brightly even now? Have you come to Christ who knows you intimately? He knows who you are. He knows what you are like. Yet he'll still go to the cross for you and he will die your death and bear your punishment and pay for your sin so that you can stand before a holy God our Heavenly Father. 
And where Jesus will not just remember you, he's going to vouch for you. If you come to Christ and found the forgiveness that you need, and if that is true, is Jesus leading you in the way of a changed life, a transformed life, a meaningful life, not an empty one, a purposeful life as you humbly follow him. As we read Ecclesiastes, I pray that Jesus will be like a massive floodlight shining in a dark place. And so whatever we read, we do so in the light of Christ and his cross. And we say thanks be to God. Amen.
As you enter into a time of prayer, please remember our mission focus for this month is our ministry partner, Open Doors. Uh, Their ministry is to the persecuted uh, church all over the world. And they do a great work. And we strongly encourage you uh, to be praying in that regard uh, for the persecuted church and for Open Doors as they minister. Um, We strongly encourage our Bible study groups to be engaged in that as well. So I commend that to you. Uh, Other prayer points will include uh, uh, Ukraine is an obvious one. Um, Again, there there is an example of the church under pressure and under uh, persecution of sorts. Uh, But please pray for that war-torn country, that peace would reign and that wickedness and evil uh, would be removed from Europe. Big prayer. Please pray it. Um, Please pray for for our church family, uh, for the work of Parish Council, of course. Um, Please be praying about our giving. Um, To be be blunt, it needs to be better. Uh, And so a good thing to do is is to commend that uh, to the Lord Jesus and ask for help in that regard, that he'd move God's people to be generous so that ministry can continue in its present form here at St Augustine's. Lord's Prayer is good as well, and I highly recommend that. But whatever you do, don't not pray. Uh, In a moment, the blue screen will appear with some other prayer points and suggestions. Uh, And then we'll have a song, and then there's another reminder to give. Uh, May God bless you and keep you May he lift up his favour upon you. Uh, Most of all, may the Lord grant you his peace. Amen.
Shall fill my heart, then shall I bless. 